Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Why don't you open up your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles, to Psalm 50 this morning. I'm going to be reading from verse 7. But Psalm 50 is an amazing psalm, declares some incredible truths. But in Psalm 50 and verse 7, it'll be on screen as well for you, it says this, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. Verse 9, I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. Verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine. Everybody say mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the, bir- the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field, again, is mine. Verse 12, one of my favorite verses I've been reading lately and thinking about. Verse 12, this is God speaking. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. <laughs> I would not tell you for the world and its fullness are, there it is again, Mine. Verse 10, mine. Verse 11, mine. Verse 12, mine, says God. It's an amazing thing to read. We're going to start a new series today, and uh, I'm excited about it. And the series title is this, Manager. So if you're taking notes, if you're a note-taking type of person, you can write that down, Manager. And if you're looking for a tagline, you can write this underneath, a series on godly stewardship. A series on godly stewardship is the tagline. Would you pray with me, Lord? We just thank you right now, Father, for the power of your word, Lord. Father, we just thank you for a new day, a new opportunity. Um, Father, a new, a new opportunity to live for you, Lord, and to love you more. So, Father, we just thank you that you always speak through your word. You always bring life to people through your word. And so, so Lord, we thank you for that, God. We pray for colonial kids and all the carnage that's ensuing over there right now. Lord, thank you that you send angels to the corners of the room to take care of them. And a faith-filled congregation said together, Amen. Amen. I want to preach part one of this series, Manager, today. And the title is this, Can I Please Speak to the Manager? That's the title. Can I Please Speak to the Manager? Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I found myself on the phone more than once for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's usually with the bank. I don't know why. Nothing against you if you work at the bank. God bless you. You really need it. (laughs) But it always seems to be with the bank or someone like the bank where I find myself on the phone reaching a point of frustration, of boiling point where I just say those words, look. Can I please speak to the manager? Can I please speak to the person who has a greater level of responsibility? Can I speak to someone who can help me a little bit more because they're more in charge? I want to speak today about kingdom managers, stewards of the kingdom of God, which is you and which is me. But the Bible talks a lot about management in the kingdom of God, speaks a lot about stewardship in the kingdom of God. The problem is we as humans, and I believe this construct and this culture that we live in today is taken something like stewardship and made it almost like a dirty word, almost like a, like a taboo topic. It's kind of like getting up and talking about obedience. 
Exactly. I want to get up here today and talk about obedience. Obedience, stewardship, but this is what I believe, especially after studying the scriptures, is that stewardship, godly stewardship, is actually an incredible thing. It's an amazing thing. But this is what it is. In the kingdom of God, stewardship management in the kingdom of God is this. It's oversight. It's responsibility. It's being put in charge. It's being put to a higher level of responsibility. And so I came up with this definition, my own definition of stewardship. And this is going to sort of frame our series. And I'd love it if you could take this in and write this down. But this is what kingdom stewardship is. Okay, you ready? You ready? This is it. The effective and wise management of the God-given resources in my life. That's stewardship. It is the effective or the efficient and wise management of the God-given resources in my life. That's what it is. But the Bible talks a lot about stewardship talks a lot about this thing called management in the kingdom of God. Let me show you a few verses. You can maybe just write these uh, references down and come back to them later, maybe in your quiet time. But in 1 Chronicles 27 and verse 31, this is speaking of the leaders of Israel, uh, the, the leaders of the tribes. It says this in verse 31, And all these stewards, all these were stewards of King David's property. All of these people were responsible for certain parts of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. This is obviously the New Testament now. Paul writing to the church. He says this. So look look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. Galatians chapter 4. Again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking of sonship and being brought into the body of Christ and being an heir, says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, this is verse 1, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Titus chapter 1, this is speaking about leadership in the church. For an overseer, look at it, as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy, for gain. So I just want to start by framing out something very, very important of this series. Sometimes when you start a new series, you need to kind of frame it up properly. You need to just set it up right. You need to lay it on the right foundations. This is where I want to start. But a good steward or a good manager, he understands or she understands the big picture. A good steward, a good manager of God entrusted resources or a role understands there's actually a bigger picture here. There's a bigger thing going on. A good manager really knows what's up, understands the big picture. You know, we say this thing, it's kind of like a statement sometimes, we just say this thing, and it's it's coming from a generous heart, which is always great, but we say this thing, what's mine is yours. You know, we say that sometimes, we say, oh, what's mine is yours, and we're being generous, and it's wonderful, but you know, it's actually not true. And this is kind of an FYI for all of us. But when I say mine is yours, it's actually not true. Because what's mine is not yours. And even what's yours is not yours. What's mine and yours is actually God's. So if we're going to start anywhere in this series talking about this stewardship, we've got to understand the big picture. And so point number one this morning, 
If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. But point number one, and we're setting this up, the rest of the series is this. Number one, God owns everything. God owns everything. Psalm 50, the place where we started, look at what it says in verse 9. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. God owns it all. It's all his. You just happen to be in the movie. You just happen to be in this amazing motion picture called life and you play a part. But God owns it all. He has it all. It's all his. And we just happen to be in the picture. I don't know about you, but that's an incredible thing to just ponder on. An incredible thing to just meditate on. That God owns it all. He owns everything. He owns the corners, the low places, the high places, the most beautiful, picturesque uh, destinations in the world. He owns the house that you haven't even built yet. He owns it. It's all his. This morning, I love Psalm 24. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything in it and the world and all its people belong to him. See, this is really speaking about the world is like a house. The world is like a house. This, this, if you could just picture a house, it's the world, but everything inside the house belongs to him. It's his. He owns it. Is there anyone in here today that is a Downton Abbey fan? Anyone love Downton Abbey? I mean, come on. Let's be, let, this is church. You need to be truthful this morning. Okay? Who loves Downton Abbey? I mean, it is a, it's incredible. I love Downton Abbey. I would actually say this. Seeing as Jill and I have binge-watched twice, seven series, I would say that we like Downton Abbey. By the way, nice clean show, good values, very nice, no issues, no foul language, which by the way is very hard to find these days. But we love Downton Abbey, but I just love the whole idea with it. You have Downton, the estate, and you have all these people working in the estate, but I just love the concept, the idea of it, that it passes down the generations. It's kind of this permanent thing and no one truly owns it. Everyone just serves it. It's really kind of cool, but I just thought, you know, we're in church and, you know, why not? Let's just play a little clip. You want to see a little clip of it, Downton Abbey, just to set the scene? Come on, team. You do not love the place yet. Well, obviously it's... No, you don't love it. Do you see a million bricks that may crumble, a thousand gutters and pipes that may block and leak, and stone that will crack in the frost? But you don't. I see my life's work. Is it ever in danger? (laughs) Many times. My dear papa thought the balloon would go up in the 1880s. What saved it? I just love it. I'm going to start dressing like that to church. (laughs) Just bring my dog with me. I just love the idea of it. Because it's so similar to our lives when you think about God. He's given us this world, this this place to live, and all of us have a role, a God-given assignment, but something we need to understand and have a deep revelation of, and that is this, that God owns it all. It's all His this morning. It's all His this afternoon. It's all His tomorrow. And it will always be His. So point number one, was God owns everything. So if God owns everything, point number two is this, God controls everything. 
God controls everything. We say this thing in life sometimes. We say, well, God's in control. God's in control. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that he's in control? Sometimes we'll say it in response to, to something we're going through and trying to make sense of and someone will sort of try to, try to reassure us and we'll say something like, oh, it's okay, God's in control. And we sort of use it as like an excuse or a cop out and we just push it to the side. But do we really believe that if God owns everything, he controls everything? Let me show you a scripture, Proverbs 21. And verse 1 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. It's almost like God is saying, I control everything and I can channel it your way or I can, or I can not as well. And see, that's the thing about our lives we've got to understand, I believe, continually keep coming back to, is this reality and this revelation that God, He owns everything. But therefore, because He owns everything, He actually controls everything. And He can channel it to you, but He can also channel it away from you. Why? Because He loves you. And you ever thought sometimes, you're like, man, I really wanted that thing. You know, like something you just really wanted. Maybe it was like a material thing. Maybe, I don't know, a car or, or you really wanted it. You, you missed out on a house. But can I just encourage you today? If we truly believe that God owns everything and controls everything, we have to trust his plan. We have to trust the fact that he knows what he's doing and he can do whatever he needs to do in our lives because he controls everything in our lives. Colossians chapter one. If you want to understand the supremacy and the sovereignty of God, just read Colossians. It all begins and ends in Jesus. But in verse 16, it says this, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Look at this. All things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is the supreme ruler of the universe. So when we say that God is in control, that's what we're saying. We're saying that he is in control. He, he, he is over everything. He is absolutely over everything. He is in complete control. How much anxiety could be relieved if people really understood that? How much more sleep could people get if they just truly rested in the fact that they serve the God of the universe and he controls everything? How much more sleep and how much less stress would there be in our lives if we just truly understood this and we really took it on in our own lives? I want to read Psalm 50 again, but this time in the message translation, look at what it says. This is God speaking. He says, I know every mountain bird by name, every bird by name, the scampering field mice are my friends. If I get hungry, do you think I'd tell you? (laughs) God's saying, do you think that I need to go to you for food? Do you think that I need to hit you up for a Big Mac? All creation and its bounty are mine. Jesus is over every little thing. You know, you can see God's hand in everything if you want to. You can see it in everything if you stop and you take a look. You can look at even... The tiniest things. You can look at it and just say, man, I see God's hand in that. You can look in relationships and maybe relationships that haven't worked out that have actually stopped. And when you understand that God's in control and he owns everything, he controls everything, you can see his hand everywhere. 
It's just that are we always looking? Are we always searching? Are we always aware that God is in control and God owns it all, therefore controls it all? The amount of times I thought I was just going to a meeting just to get something done. The amount of times I found myself in a situation that just, it seemed like a just a, a, a going through the motions type event. Going to see someone to go hand a check to them or go and pick up a check, praise God. <laughs> I was thinking I'd get more laughs for that. Uh, <laughs> But the amount of times I found myself in a seemingly mundane situation and then the hand of God comes through. All of a sudden I realize, oh, I'm here for some completely different reason than just this. I can see the hand of God at work because why he controls everything because he owns everything. I wonder if you're the king in this proverb. I wonder if you're the person that's in a prominent place of management or stewardship And God's wanting to channel some streams of water. God's wanting to channel some streams of water, which is essentially this, channels of blessing. Maybe a word, maybe he wants you to deliver a word to someone who desperately needs it. See, if we we keep in mind, and I believe top of mind, that God is in control, he owns everything, He's, he's taken over everything, he is in every single thing, like we read about in Colossians, in every single space, place, conversation, season that I'm in, God can do something. God can channel that stream to someone. And I don't know about you, but I want my life and I want this church to be the type of church where we are channels, we are conduits, we are open for God to work. Come on, can I get an amen in church this morning? This is the God we serve. So if God owns it all, and if God therefore controls it all because he owns it all, Then we arrive and we land at one incredible truth this morning. That's point number three. Is this, I've been promoted to manager. I've been promoted to manager. It's a truth that we arrive at this morning. But it's something that we can arrive at every morning. Every morning, because we are in Christ Jesus, we get invited into this glorious opportunity called managing and stewarding the call of God in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read it from the Amplified because it's louder. It says this, So then let us who minister, that's all of us, by the way. I might be a vocational minister, but make no mistake, you are in the ministry. You are in the ministry. You might have another job that's not in the ministry, but you are. we are all part of the, the ministry of reconciliation to the saints. It is what the saints are supposed to do. We're all in this together. And this is what's happening right here. He says this. So then let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ. And look at it as stewards, trustees, administrators of the mysteries of God. I feel like that's a word for someone in here this morning, that you are a steward. You are a trustee. You are an administrator of the the mysteries of God. And what does that look like? I'll give you an example. You're at work and someone asks you, man, you really love this Christianity thing, don't you? Because you're at church every single week. Why do you do that? 
You're a guardian, a steward, a trustee, an administrator of the mysteries of God. That's your moment to steward. That's your moment to take a, take a second and say, can I just tell you about how great God is? Can I just take a moment to tell you about what God has done in my own life? That, that I, I had no hope, but all of a sudden someone took me to church and I heard about this person called Jesus and I encountered grace and all of a sudden I'm different. That's called being a manager. That's called being a steward. That's called being invited in and promoted to manager. Turn to the person next to you and say, you just got promoted. You just got promoted to management. Some of you need to, to, to print off a little label and put it on your shirt this week at work. It just says manager. Just tell them your pastor said, I needed to wear this label this week. I'm a manager in the kingdom of God. I know you don't really get it, but this is my label and I'm wearing it. <laughs> but we've been promoted to management. And I believe that should be something that lifts your head today. That lifts your eyes a little higher today. Maybe above the cloud that you're in. But there's something incredible in this for us today because this is the reality. We've been promoted to son of the king. We've been promoted to daughter of the king. We've been placed in a higher position because we have Jesus. And I pray our church would get this. But as stewards, as managers, we carry a greater responsibility in the kingdom of God. And that's not about doing stuff or trying to work because we don't serve the God of works. We have faith and that's how we encounter God. But can I just encourage you, what comes with that revelation is this greater responsibility. You're carrying this incredible message that changes people's lives. It changes people's lives when they encounter it. Not us, but the message we carry, which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what it comes back to is this, and I just felt like I needed to say it. You know when you're a believer in Jesus? You no longer have the the right to live seasonally as a Christian. You no longer have the right to come and go when it comes to grace. And I believe if you encounter the love of Jesus, like really encounter it, you can't go back. Can I say that again? When you encounter it, you realize how incredible it is, how amazing this promotion to management is, and you can no longer go back. I can't go back to being what's under a manager. Have you ever thought about this? There's not a lot of managers around. You can come into an organization or come across some situation. You say that person's in. There's not a lot of Christians around. Not everybody is a Christian. The same way not everybody is a manager. That's why we carry a greater level of responsibility. That's why we, create, we, we, are, we are elevated to a higher place in the kingdom. Because we have Jesus and therefore we carry the message. 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's almost like a life verse for me. It says, For God saved us and called us to a holy life. Aren't you grateful that God he just doesn't leave you where you're at? But He calls you to a higher place. He calls you to a greater level of responsibility. He calls you to a greater place in the kingdom of God. We're set apart promoted to manager, no longer part of the crowd, but called to a higher calling. Managers in the kingdom of God. Jesus is, because of the price he paid, he's made you a steward of the mysteries of God. He's promoted you to a higher place. 
We know that because in Matthew 16, and I'm excited about this series because we're going to be looking at all different scriptures and we're going to be going into some of the parables that, that Jesus spoke about. Whenever he told a parable, he told a story. What he was saying is, hey, this is what God is like. And I'm excited about it. But in Matthew 16, he's talking to Peter in verse 18. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But look at it in verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Greater level of responsibility. Greater level of promotion. Greater level of, of carrying the message. Being, having a greater impact. Why? I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And look at what it says. He explains what that actually means. It says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, the keys have been given. The authority has been established and the responsibility is now ours. The responsibility is now ours and we carry it every single day, even if we don't recognize it. We're stewards. We're, man- we're managers. We're messengers of the gospel of grace. And so therefore, we walk different in Jesus' name. You receive that word. Would you stand? Come on, let's give God some praise in the house this morning. I want to pray for some people just as our team comes back up, but I want to pray for some people. Because here's the truth. I hit on one thing that I believe is actually really, really important. And that is that God owns everything. But He also controls everything. But there's actually a part that we play in that whole deal. And that's this, who actually has control of my life? See, God, He gifted us, He's such a gentleman, He's gifted us with this thing called free will. And this thing called free will is incredible because really what that comes down to is choice. We get to choose this, we get to choose that, we get to choose whether or not God comes in. That's, that's my deal, that's my life, that's why a relationship with Jesus is so specific to you. You get a great revelation of who Jesus is to you. It'll change your life. You hear it from someone else. It may not do anything for you. But there's this beautiful thing we can do in our lives, no matter what stage, age or stage we're at, is we can release control. And I don't know where that lands for you. I don't know how the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you through this message, but this is what I feel like God wants to do. He wants to take that control from you because it was always meant to be His. It was always meant to be his thing to carry. So what would that look like for you? Maybe you've been going through something lately and you've just been trying to control it all yourself. You've been trying to sit at the wheel, be the one that pulls the levers, be the one that bears the weight of the result. I wonder if you would release that control to him today. Maybe you've walked through something serious in your life and you've been holding on to bitterness, resentment, maybe unforgiveness. But you've been holding on so tight, it's like you're just trying to control every outcome. You're trying to control some people. You're trying to control things, business. I don't know what it is, but I know this. God wants you to release it. God wants you to give it to Him. So with every head bowed and eyes closed today, in whatever area of this, whatever area of your life this is resonating with today, I want to pray for you. So if that's you today, God's speaking to you. And it's time to maybe let him in a little more. 
allow this message to go a little deeper. Allow God to go a little deeper in your life. Maybe it's an area of your heart and you're holding on to something you know you shouldn't hold on to. Maybe it's a relationship. You're still trying to pull the levers, be in control. Whatever it is this morning, I want to pray for you. There's no one looking around. Just lift up your hand. This is between you and God. If you're trying to control, you need to let go. Just lift your hand wherever you're at. There's hands going up everywhere. Well, Lord, you see every single hand. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, as people open up their hearts to you, Lord, and they decide in their heart of hearts. They decide, Lord, that today is the day they're going to release control, God. I just pray right now, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would take control back from from these people. And Father, we just thank you as we open up our hearts to you, Lord, and we decide you can come in. You can take over, Lord. You can, you can take true ownership of this area. You can take, take over whatever that is, God. I just thank you, Lord, for people's courage right now, Lord. Father, I just pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help people let go, God. Let go to whatever it is they're holding on to. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that you help us let go. Help us to let go and let you in. God, I just pray for people right now who are struggling in this area, Lord. I I, I just sense, Father, there's people who maybe are trying to hang on to their own kids, Lord, and their own kids' lives and their own decisions, Father. I just would, I thank you right now, Lord, that we can just let go. Because you own everything, you control everything, Father, and all we have to do is just let you in. So, Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that it's always better with you in it. Everything always looks better with you in it. It always looks so great when you're in control. So, Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship for a little bit, church. Let's really lean into this moment in Jesus' name. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.